0: Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen.
1: Hello, builders. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, whenever you're listening to this podcast, we're glad to have you. If you're a returning guest, thanks for coming back and listening to the show. If you're new to the show, hey, welcome, to, welcome aboard. We want to build you so you can build others. We do that through our training, our coaching, and our speaking events. And we also do that with some special guests we have here on the podcast. I'm grateful today to have Raj Nathan on the podcast. Raj believes everyone has a voice. He's the founder of Startup Hyperman. And the reason he's on this earth is to help others find their voice. We're going to talk about that a little later in the podcast. The best way he's been able to do that is through storytelling in various forms. He's an entrepreneur helping companies get their own stories straight. So welcome to the podcast today, Raj. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. And I appreciate you having me on. That's great. Well, I'm going to start this podcast off the way we start all of our podcasts off. We're going to ask you, what does leadership and being a leader mean to Raj Nathan? Okay, so
2: and that's actually a really good way to start off every show because i'm sure you get a lot of uh, diverse answers with that when i think about this i think what first comes to mind is this idea of being able to advocate for the wants and the needs of a community now community you can take to mean multiple things like community can mean like the company that you're that you're leading uh, community could mean like an advocacy group. Community can literally mean like your neighborhood, right? It, it, it can take on multiple forms. And I'm, I'm talking about a congregation, quote unquote, of people who are all, you know, working towards a common interest of some kind. And so to be a leader and to have leadership skills means you are able to effectively serve this community by advocating on their behalf and uh, almost acting as a way to like centralize the the wants and the needs of this community um, to be able to provide some guidance and direction. And I think this notion of like, it, it, it's kind of ironic because like blockchain has become so popular now and this idea of decentralize in a different sense has become very popular. But I think when it comes to like uh, the the concept of leadership, there has to be some some notion of like centralized um A centralized uh, control center almost. And I don't want to, I don't want that to come across as as in like the wrong way that we're talking about, like, you know, stripping control away from others. I just mean, in order to be effective, you have to have like one one commander, one control center, or, or multiple control centers that are able to take in all the various needs, distill it down and say, okay, well, this is who we are, this is what we represent, and this is what we're going for. Without that in place, you can have a community of people, but it's a bunch of different voices and no clear, you know, for anyone who's supposed to be listening to that, there's no clear understanding of who am I supposed to be listening to or what opinion is supposed to be the one that we latch on to to, to work towards, right? So I really, th- it's almost like, um, it's almost like a, the, the idea of like a tribe, where a tribe I think in at least my understanding it's a little bit different than a community in the sense that a tribe has a designated chief, right? A tribe has a designated leader and that's how you have to look at leadership here is it's like you, you're carrying this. I kept using the word community, but the more I talk through it, it's like it's like you're you're representing this tribe and it's your job to advocate for them. It's your job to even help them figure out what they should be advocating for themselves. And ultimately, I think all of this, I'd be remiss if I didn't use the word service here, right? As a leader, you are in service to this community, to this tribe.
1: That is a great answer, Raj. And as you alluded to, we get a lot lots of diverse answers for this question. And this is the first time I've heard community brought up in it. And, and, I, and I hear a lot of heart leadership, a lot of servant leadership. But this heart, this, this um community, and you talking about how you're representing that community makes me think of the heart leadership. It makes me think of someone's at the center of this or an idea is at the center of this that's leading people and keeping that around the community and, and what the community desires or what the tribe desires. You know, when you get together collectively, there is some, some it, it takes on a character. It takes on, the community has its its own ideas and its own ambitions. And I think as the leader, if you're carrying that community towards that goal, that then, then you're going somewhere.
2: Yeah, it's right. It's 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 almost like it's it's being able to guide, and it's being able to navigate on behalf of the people, and that's what I think people look to their leaders for, and. and you know, you you don't necessarily want a leader who's showing up every day and saying, "Well, let, hey, let's let's figure out what, what's going on today. I, I don't really have a plan. Let's just figure it out. Let's just talk it out, right?" So it, it, it's it's having that ability to like comb through and collate and and distill down what are the core values here, what are the core needs, and let's figure out a roadmap to get there. It doesn't mean the leader is doing all of the things to get there. It means the leader is able to create the roadmap and plan for the people to be able to do what they need to do in order to get to that common vision or goal.
1: That That's, that's a really great answer. And I love the conversation around it. It, it just leads me to understand that, you know, when, when a leader is leading someone on a journey, they have a destination in mind. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. like you alluded to just showing them, so, okay, let's just have fun today. There's an objective there. There's something that we're, we're after a, a goal. And typically if it's an ambitious goal, it's going to take some ambitious efforts to make happen, and and a great leader knows how to do that and, and bring everybody in, so that's awesome.
2: Well, and on that note, you know if I can just add one more ahead, thing there, Rush. right?
1: No one really necessarily
2: likes the leader who tries to take on and do everything themselves, right? The person who's bad at delegating is a bad leader. <laughs> so that's why I think it's even more important to highlight that it's about creating the roadmap, about creating the structure for the the community to be able to thrive, but but not not taking on the, each individual effort, because otherwise it's, then the community is reliant on you as the leader, as opposed to the system you have created or the system that's in place to be able to allow the community to grow.
1: That's good, Roger. when you said that, I think of, I've got a, a keynote speech that I do called Plan, Purpose, Length, Action, and Negotiate. And part of that is creating what I call a flight plan. And and what I think leaders need to learn to do is create the plan, hand it off. And as long as your team members or your community is is on course, there's no need for course correction. If they're following the plan that's been set forth, that, then just you know give them accolades and say, hey, you're doing a good job. Now, if they're off course, now there's got to be some inputs and some, some minor adjustments and changes to get back on course. But I just that's great to hear you say give them a map. And and when you have someone take a map let them use the map. Give give them freedom and the liberty to use the map. Well, and with that, you know, one of the things that that makes me
2: think of is whenever I'm working with companies and we're talking about like their communication, right? The first thing I always say, like my mantra is think like an entertainer. And the reason I say think like an entertainer is because the entertainer is very, so, so think about what an entertainer's goal is. It is to, elicit emotional response, elicit an emotional reaction from their audience. And I think similarly, a good leader is looking at how do I make that emotional connection with my stakeholders, whomever they may be. And in Entertainer, they have a plan in the sense of if they're a music artist, they have a set list, they go and they play that night. Uh, Or the actor has a script that they're reading from, right? And it's not to say you can never go off script or you can't have that awesome guitar solo, but you can, but there is no going off script for that great improvisation in the moment. And there is no amazing guitar solo without some set list or without some screenplay, you know, already in place. And I think that speaks to what you're saying with the plan idea is you have like one path that there's this, there's this agreed upon path. But it does allow for some deviance based on the situation, knowing that you're still going to be able to ultimately get back to the path.
0: We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover and increase your productivity if you're ready to put brian to work for your company give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net now back to today's episode
1: That's good. Yeah, that's that negotiation part of my plan is at times things are going to change. And you got to be willing to negotiate that change. You know, hey, think think of the last year we've been in this COVID-19. There's been a lot of change that's had to happen and you've had to negotiate your plan. Doesn't change the goal, doesn't change what you're after, but changing the way you go about it and the way you get there. And mm-hmm. so I think that's something that definitely people have to uh, think about. You know, you just talked a lot about communication. That leads me to the next point I want to talk to you about. You said here that communication a.k.a. how a CEO should communicate a big new idea, product change to the company or the external market. What are some ideas to help people communicate better and deliver these great ideas? But, you know, speaking of change, a lot of people don't like change. So how do you communicate that and get buy-in?
2: Yeah, so the work that I do is really centered around how do you pitch anything to anyone at the end of the day, right? How do you pitch, whether it's your product, whether it's your vision, whatever it might be, how do you pitch that to your intended audience? And I think where you see a lot of friction is when you open with, "Well, here's what I need to see out of you all." I think just think of a hypothetical scenario here, where a company CEO, for example, is communicating some like directional change to the employees, and they open and they say, you know. Here, here's what I need to see from everyone. Here's what we're doing differently. And here's why you need to, here, here's what you need to do. It's probably not going to be received very favorably because it's so deeply rooted in like, what do I as the CEO need? What are my wants and my needs? It doesn't take into account the stakeholders here. And this is where I come back to that notion of think like an entertainer, right? Be audience focused, see and speak from your audience's point of view. And so, you know, in my work, I've worked with with CEOs, with founders, with revenue leaders. I've even trained um, politicians on their messaging strategy in the past, to how, for how to get constituents on board with something. And the the base formula I always like to share with them is what I call is, okay. Well, what's your elevator pitch for this scenario? And and and. <laughs> I don't want to, to people to hear that and think, okay, well, I'm never in an elevator with someone, especially now, I'm never in an elevator with someone else. Uh, and we're certainly not having a conversation. And that the idea is not necessarily like if you're in an elevator, it's how are you going to communicate your idea in 60 seconds or less to get people interested to want to learn more? And I think if you apply this formula, I'll share it in a second, if you apply it, it not only is that 60 second sound bite, but then it's what you can build the deeper communication off of. It's what you can build your, your presentation that unveils this new thing your company is doing. So you can build that off of it's what you can um, use as the launch pad for like you know, a debate on the topic if you're a politician, for example. And, and so uh, the formula we always use as a starting point is what I call the K-PASA elevator pitch which uh, if anyone knows Spanish, they would know that que pasa means what's up or what's happening. And that's kind of what you have to do. You have to like level with your audience, tell them what's up. And what that represents is so que pasa, PASA is the acronym. And that's problem, approach, solution, action, problem, approach, solution, action. When you communicate in those terms, effectively, what you're doing is providing context and frame of reference for the current landscape and the way things are and and the, and whatever challenge has come up. But most importantly, you are leading with empathy. And when you're able to lead with empathy, then the first reaction you're going to generate out of that audience is. This person understands me, they get it, they get what's going on here. And that's going to make them more receptive to listen to your approach and solution, which is the next part of the K-PASA formula, where you explain, you know, what you're doing about it or what, what your product is or, or what your new, you know, vision for the company is, whatever that might be. And then the action is like, okay, is the call to action. What, what do you want them to do about it? Right? So, you know, let, let's take, for example, let's take an example. Um, let's say a CEO or a manager is, needing to communicate a rebrand, right? Um, the company is rebranding to something else. The wrong way to go about this would be, hey, everyone, here's our new company name. And and here's our new company brand. Start using it. The wrong way to go about that would be to say, hey, everyone, um, I need to see better performance out of the company, so we're doing a rebrand, start using it. The right way to go about that if you apply the K-PASA elevator pitch formula is to open by saying, here's all the good things we've done and here's some of the challenges that have come up with that. And we're seeing that if we keep going down this path, we're gonna keep hitting this roadblock. And that's going to be a challenge because we've got these goals, and we can't get there if we keep hitting this roadblock. So here's what here's what's going to happen as a result. And, and, and you know, here's our new company name. Here's what we represent now. Here's what we want you to be doing, you know, out in the field. Here's how you're going to represent us. And then your call to action would be like you know, obviously it's like, it's like, so get on board of this, but it's like, and if we do this effectively, if you're able to be stewards of this new brand every day, effectively, here's where it's going to take us. And so my ask today is simply that you just, is that you believe, is that you give it a try. Cause I promise you, if you give it a try, we're
1: going to go places and we're going to go the right places. That is beautiful. And I love the Caposta side of that. Cause you know, when that elevator um, pitch began trending a few years ago, some people overuse that elevator pitch, you know, it's like, I don't want to be on an elevator with this person <laughs> because, <laughs> the, the, you know, I think when you find out, you know, what's up, what's going on, how how are you doing? Your, your elevator pitch may not even be uh, practical at that point. You know, some people don't need what the services you provide and people mm-hmm. just over, and the first thing they meet someone, Hey Raj, how you doing now? Here's my elevator pitch. And, and, mm-hmm. but when you really seek to find out what, what others need and, and what their concerns are, and genuinely, authentically ask them, how are you? Now we're starting to build a relationship. And we all know that's how transactions take place is when people know, like, and trust you. And, and then the other thing that I, that I thought was really cool is when you start talking about telling the team that you're working with the why. You know, we heard Simon Sinek talk about the why and how important it is. Anytime we, we have an initiative, I was working with a team this week, and the, the supervisor manager wanted to place these new requirements on the team. And I said, let's back up and explain why those requirements. What's the purpose of this? So that – and it's back to that plan, purpose, length, action, negotiate. The purpose, Well, you know, people are driven by purpose. And if you just give them the what and the how without the why – you just haven't given them the understanding of oh now now i understand why we're doing this and i think that leading with that as you suggested is going to be very influential and help others you know follow you as the leader and and I th- that's a great e- encouragement there you know another thing reason was, go ahead they
2: need to they need to be able to buy into something and they can't buy in unless you've effectively like set the terms with them and given them that that baseline why as you said
1: yeah, that leads segues great into the next thing I want to talk to you about here. You said being a leader means having a voice. Mm. And so the, the, using this voice in the fashion you've already described, but but what are other voices that, that leaders have and how do they use those effectively?
2: Well, I think anytime a leader steps up anywhere, they have to have a voice or use their voice. So there is having the voice in front of your internal team. There's having the voice in front of the external team you know, if it's, if it's a company we're talking about in front of your customers, in front of third party stakeholders, in front of investors, for example, right? These are all examples where your voice shows up. And, you know, wh- one of the big things that I'll work with companies on when we figure out like what their messaging and their overall pitch should be is we look at like, okay, hey, CEO, what's your vision? What is your vision for not only this company, but what the industry is supposed to look like and what the industry is, is capable of becoming. Because if we understand that, and a lot of times they have it somewhere in their head, they just have never really articulated it in a way that you know other people would have heard of before. Or what I'll get usually is, and it's funny because it takes a little bit of like prodding, because usually, interestingly enough, like the first answer, and, and let me just give some proper context here. Like a lot of times, when a company, when I'm working with a company, the the initial like reason is, okay, well, our, our sales and marketing team are, you know, they're going and they're pitching our products to cus- potential customers, but they're just like so product heavy, and they're just telling all about they're telling all about our product features, and it's not going anywhere. And, you know, and we're losing deals on pricing or or whatever. So when I ask that question about vision, hey, what's your vision? Interestingly enough, the majority of times I'll get an initial response where they'll say, oh, well, you know, our our vision is to um, provide customers with a best-in-class, you know, whatever, enterprise software to solve X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, you just explained what your product is. (laughs) it's not what I asked. though. I asked about your vision and then they'll give like one or two more similar responses. And I'm like, okay, so do you see how there might be an issue here where I keep asking you about vision and you keep telling me about product and you're telling me at the same time, your team is out there talking all about product. Do you see how that could be an issue if you're unable to articulate your vision? And there's kind of this like, Oh, oh, crap kind of moment in their head. <laughs> So, we got to work to extract that vision first, which is, you know, again, what, what is the industry supposed to be through your eyes? And what, what that does when we capture that is what we're capturing is point of view. And now you're able to go into rooms as a leader. You're also able to disseminate to your team what is our company's point of view? What is our company's point of view? on the way things are supposed to be, on the, on the, on the way the industry should be operating on, on where the industry can go if it's pushed in the right direction. And the power of that, of having that at the leadership level is you can talk to your investors about that vision. You can talk to, again, your, your channel partners about that vision. You can talk to your customers. You can talk to prospects about that. You can talk to your employees about that. And when that is effectively distributed out, now at a day-to-day level, your sales and marketing team, when they're talking to prospective customers and they're leading with point of view, now you've set the terms for a totally different conversation. Because now, and especially because so many of these companies struggle with differentiation, and then they think their differentiator is the fact that they have some like you know AI-powered whatever. Uh, you know, some specific product feature is what they think is their differentiator, when in reality, in anyone else's mind, like It it all kind of looks roughly the same. You know, you might get, if you try and win on a product feature, you might get a response like, oh, but so-and-so does that as well, or they do something similar to that. And even if you try and say, well, no, they don't do it like us, that person's mind is like, well, no, what are you talking about? I I see that they can do something similar enough. But with point of view, no one shares your point of view, right? No one can say oh i also have the same exact point of view as you so it becomes your 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 true differentiator the way we see the market our philosophy that underpins everything that we do as a company right no one else can, no other company no other leader can claim to have that same philosophy that same point of view and then not only has become your true direct differentiator, but then you start to win over customers, new employees who are being hired, additional stakeholders, et cetera, additional adding people to the community. You start to win them over on that belief system, as opposed to trying to win them over on like a, a feature or a product or a very like tactile thing. And when people buy in quote unquote, based on point of view, now you're create you're architecting a community and you're growing the community based on a mode of thinking so now when people are buying in what they're saying to themselves is I know they may not have everything figured out today maybe the, maybe the product isn't perfect today but we got to get on board their rocket ship because no like like they 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 see where it's all going and we got to make sure we're on board for that ride because they're going to take care of us and, that, and that's how you build champions. You turn customers into champions. You turn investors into champions. You turn employees into champions. All of these people become stewards of the vision at the end of the day, as opposed to
1: just people who are there working for you. Rods, that's great. And, and I think about how a vision statement can be a filter for, for all people, because, you know, there's so many distractions in business and in life. But if you have that vision clearly laid out, as you as you said, and define it, you can point back to it when people start to get off track. You can say, "This is our vision. We agreed to this, and this is where we're going." And back to, you know, this is what we promised our investors. This is what the vision they bought into. Let's mm. let's let's stay track. And if for some reason the vision needs to change, the whole team's got to come back together and agree on a change. But as far as you know, when you you buy into that vision, now you've bought into this is how we're going to do things around here. Well, Raj, it has been great. It's time to wrap the podcast today. I appreciate all these gold nuggets you've shared with us. Tell our listeners where they can get in contact with you, how they can find you on social media. Absolutely.
2: Um, If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at startuphypeman.com. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com slash in slash Rajiv Nathan, R-A-J-I-V. I think it's Raji Dash, Nathan, or something—just starts my name. Yeah, I'll, I'll show up. Show up, and then uh, another cool thing I'll put together is—you um, know—we talked about that k pasa formula. So, for anyone who is listening who wants to dive deeper into that, um, I'll create a guide that kind of just talks about the formula more and gives you some discussion prompts to think to figure out what that would be for your company. Uh, it should be especially helpful if you were, you know, most likely listening to this while you know, you probably weren't taking furious notes. You were probably at grocery shopping or cooking dinner or, or breakfast or something like that while listening. So um, it'll give you some, some nice follow-up material. So just go to, uh, we'll make the URL startup dot com slash build. Um, go to that site and, um, and you'll be able to get a download there of the K guide.
1: That sounds great, Raj. And thanks for sharing that with the listeners for the listeners. We'll include that in the show notes and we'll have Rogers contact information, websites, and all those things there. I appreciate you listening to the podcast today. I want to remind you that we do have an in-person live event. We're going to be socially distanced. It's going to be limited to 20 people. So I want you to check that out over at our events page at buildcs.net. This is an interactive communication workshop called Hear and Be Heard. We're going to do some exercises around active listening, having some compassion around listening, and just overall learning to be a better listener. So check that out. We got a early bird special. Take advantage of that. This event's going to be in Lakeland, Florida on June the 18th. So do me a favor, do that as well as please go to whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. Give us a rating and review, share this podcast with others. I know Roger's given out some gold nuggets. Your friends might like. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and build others.